Hey everybody, it's the Whamcast. It's the Washington Academy of Music podcast. I'm Tim. And I'm not. <laughs> and today we're going to be talking with the Tammy Frost Trio. They're a local group that plays a lot out around Washington. And uh, they play lots of country, like old style country. And it's original tunes, which is really cool. And they're going to be playing a couple of their own songs here today. And I have to say, you know, a lot of their music is locally inspired by the people that live here. Yeah. So that's even better. Yeah. It's like the stories of Kitsap. It is. Stories of Washington. So we're going to be talking to them. It's just, uh, Tammy, who's the singer, and Al, who's the guitarist, and Pete, who is the bassist. And he is here with a really big stand-up bass. So that's pretty cool. And again... Pete is the best dressed. Pete is the best dressed. Bow tie and all. All right. Well, we're here with Tammy Frost and... Is there an and the, or is it the Tammy Frost band, or is it? Trio. Yeah, Tammy Frost, Tammy Frost Trio. Trio, okay. Three, cool. one, two, three, yeah, three. We got it. <laughs> cool. There's a full room. Mostly, it's mostly the bass filling up the room, but. <laughs> <laughs> Story of my life. As it should be. <laughs> All right, well, um, I mean, tell us about your group. What do you. Well, first thing I want to disclose is that the only reason that we named this trio after me is because we couldn't agree on anything else. <laughs> so we just couldn't. And that happens a lot of times when you're naming a band. And um, Al and I have been like, I mean, I kind of call us, we're like siblings. We met when we were 19 and 21. Oh, wow. And um, Al played music with my dad. My mom and dad are honky-tonk musicians. Oh, right. Oh, and, yeah. I and, played with your mom, too. Yeah, my mom and my dad. And then Al and I were close in age and kind of the younger generation of the local scene. Mm -hmm. I remember meeting Al for the first time. I thought about this this last night. I think we were over at Harold Davis's, and it was an outdoor kind of a music circle. Everybody had their guitars and they were playing. And mm -hmm. I remember Al showed up, and he just had this strawberry red head of hair and you know he was like 21 and I thought god this guy's a mess but in a really great way because 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 we were the same age so it made me interested in him just because mm -hmm. we were close in age but he was really talented but so interesting as males are at that age anyway you know yeah. I'm the mom to a couple of uh, young musicians who are men now and you know it's a complicated thing being that age I think when you're a male and anyways we just had a great relationship really kind of a funny unique relationship Kind of, you know, I'm like a bossy big sister, even though I'm younger. Still kind <laughs> of like that. And um, and so we've just off and on played in other bands. And then, but we've always done stuff together that people really like. They really seem to like him, he and I together. And Pete, I was thinking about when I met Pete, and it's probably been about nine or ten years ago at least. And I don't know if it was at the Red Barn or out at one of the, the parties where the musicians go. Probably the Red Barn. Probably yeah. the Red Barn, I think. And, of course, Pete was just really talented. I wasn't quite sure where he came from. And, you know, it takes a little while to get to know somebody musically. But mm -hmm. we, Al, I think, made the suggestion. Yeah, we were doing a duo, Tammy and me at the time. And Pete came to town, and I thought, well, you know, 
we were kind of looking forward to putting something together along an acoustic, you know, something more laid back than what we'd been doing. And I thought yeah. Pete would be a good fit. So I asked him if he wanted to audition. It was a tough process. <laughs> they said, show up at the gig. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, sink us room. Hang on. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we're going in. Obviously, you said your parents are professional musicians. Yes. My dad still works. He has a band wow. called. His name's Bob Evans, and he's got a band called Bob Evans and the Final Notice. Music for those who no longer care. <laughs> <laughs> Seventy-five wow. years old, and really? I'm telling you, he schools. I think he schools all of us all the time, doesn't he? Still, yes, he does. wow. In the art of entertaining and uh, yeah. connecting with the audience, he's very from Tennessee, classy yeah. Tennessee. And oh yeah, all right. Very talented, and my mother is equally as talented. She sits in with us when she shows up, and and mm-hmm. pretty much, you know, the the audience picks their job. Growing up in a musical family. Obviously, it rubbed off. Oh, boy. <laughs> Gave you all the feelings that you ever needed to be a, a maybe a true artist uh-huh. emotionally. Cause yeah, yeah. When your parents are blue-collar musicians, and I was, I'm the oldest of six, mm-hmm. and um, they were young teenage parents. My dad was in the Navy, came here on the ship, and my mom's from Port Orchard. Oh, and uh, wow. they had, I think they were 18 and 19 when I was born. And they were musicians already, you know, back in the day when... You know, it was uh, rough mm-hmm. and great. You know, I hear all the stories. It's different now. You know, there's there was a lot of venues. and Oh, yeah. And um, and so, yeah, I, I saw it where there was musicians always at our house. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'd scramble them eggs and make them coffee in the morning and nurse hangover sometimes as a kid. Not my own <laughs> hangover as a kid, but, but uh, you know, and learned a lot just listening to those them sit around the living room and play music and... and um, you know, it was it was special. It was yeah. it was tough sometimes, mm-hmm. um, but it was but the benefits of it really outweighed that. Yeah, I mean, growing up, he's a Navy musician, so I was around the Navy band all the time. So I was around musicians, and then also Navy guys combined into one, which is that's that's quite a group yeah. to be around. I a bet. Lot. Wild combination. <laughs> that's the apex of yeah. <laughs> Great nut and fly right. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, there were a lot of instances of, of you taking me out of the room when things started getting a little <laughs> rowdier. But <laughs> so I was a little I was mostly protected. Right. <laughs> so So Tammy, who were your major influencers in your music besides your parents? Um, Anybody? Well, I had so many. Um you know, I never got any formal musical education at all. It's, to this day, I've never had a voice lesson. Al's tried to teach me a few things on the guitar, and I, I strum enough to write and, and, you know, and hang out with friends and do that kind of a thing. But mm-hmm. So I listened to everything um, as a kid, everything from, you know, the Beatles. Um, we make a joke about my uh, Ethel Merman imitation mm-hmm. and, <laughs> and uh, the McGuire sisters and the Rolling Stones heavily rooted in in real country music because my parents literally were honky-tonk. Yeah. That's what they did, and they did it very well. And then I probably, my if I just talk about my influences, it would be moving from here, from from the state of Washington to Georgia at age seven, 
you know, right after the civil rights movement. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden I'm around all this great soul music, mm-hmm. which yeah. just hit me someplace personally. I never heard it. And, yeah. I, and it really spoke to me um, as a little girl of, you know, divorce and other things, mm-hmm. you know, um, not having enough money at times. And because yeah. when your parents are musicians, there just really isn't enough money. My mom remarried. I grew up on Navy bases and I'd get on mm-hmm. the school bus and it would be um, three quarters of the school were African-American and then the kids off the Navy base. And on the right in, not much went on, but on the right home. Mm-hmm. All the Motown, all the soul music yeah. would start on the back of the bus, and I would sit in the front of the bus just absorbing it emotionally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so I would say I was greatly influenced probably by the kids on the school mm-hmm. bus, their soul music, yeah. which was everybody, from Gladys Knight to Aretha. You know, I love Aretha. Who doesn't? Um, mm-hmm. And then, of course, I love, you know, Johnny Cash and Haggard and all those great writers, you know, and all the songs with, with a lot of depth. So, But I would have to say the the biggest influence on me would be all of the local musicians that um, encouraged me as a little girl to sing. And when yeah. I got old enough to get on a stage, you know, my my mom played downtown Bremerton and I take the little ferry over and she'd get me on stage with her for two, two or three songs and I could take her car and I could cruise Bremerton mm-hmm. until she got off at work at two o'clock in the morning. Yeah. So I'd earn that car by singing two or three songs on stage with her. But honestly, all of the local musicians, I mean, Alan, I mean, I think Al has been... I have to give Alan a lot of credit because Al and I both like all kinds of music. And he was the one guy that did like did like different kinds of music like I did. So we would just do anything, wouldn't we? We would jazz and I'd try this and that. And, you know, and you have to have a place to to, to do that. You have, somebody yeah. has to be able to accompany you to teach you how to sing because you really sing with an instrument. If you yeah. really want to learn to be mm-hmm. a singer, you just yeah. you need to have an instrument, whether you're playing it or you're uh, blessed enough to have someone like Al around who's willing to maybe see the potential. And I think Al saw the potential in me mm-hmm. early on as a vocalist that I wasn't limited to just one thing. So yeah. paying attention, paying attention to people on stage and paying attention yep. to how they deliver mm-hmm. music. Yep. So there's not just one influence. It's it all influenced. Yeah. Me. What about you, Al? Influences. Oh man, I remember. You know, there's always some pivotal moments in your career. You know, things that just are life changing. I remember when I first got my guitar. I was uh, learning how to play, and my brother Jim owns an Evergreen Company. You know, we used to, I used to pick brush when I was a kid. We'd go out here in the woods and pick brush, and well, he had a little brush shed there in Gorst. And Roger Ferguson just happened to live across the street from the brush and he's, you know, world champion flat picker. He's from around here. Mm-hmm. And I, I stumbled over there one day across the street and he was practicing. And I'm like, he's whipping off some big diminished run or something, you know, and he's working on his first competition. And Back then there wasn't all this information available. So, I mean, you knew what you knew just from who you hung around with. Yeah. You know, if you wanted to learn something, you had to go somewhere and learn it. Mm -hmm. So it's the first time I really ever saw anybody do that live. I might have heard them, but I didn't comprehend it or put it together. Yeah. But that's the first time I saw it and heard it. And I was like, wow, you know, it's amazing that you can do that on a guitar. Mm -hmm. You know? And I 
It's one of those times where you either go, well, I'm just going to give up or I'm going to practice. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. yep. So I started yeah. practicing and I started bugging the heck out of him, <laughs> hanging out, shadowing him, and, you know, wound up practicing a lot after that and working yeah. on my craft. Yeah. So that that was a big t- point in my life, just being witness to that, you know. Yeah. And then I went on to study music at Central Washington and whoever uh guitarist you see on the road, people, you know, you learn so much from everybody. Yeah. And uh I really like all music playing mm-hmm. it. We grew up in the golden era, you know, I went to Central Kitsap and I had a band, a little trio in high school. We used to play all the high school parties and stuff and you know, back then the top forty guitar players were Hendrix and Johnny Winters and yeah. Sant- Santana, Page, and all those guys, Rick Derringer, whoever. Mm-hmm. So if you wanted to play a simple high school party and you had a band, you had to know a little bit about the guitar to pull that off. Pentatonic scale. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the pentatonic scale. Yep. But. I would say, you know, my brother Jerry bought me my first guitar down here at Merritt Mart. It used to be an old place down here. Mm. He had a date and he wanted to get rid of me for a while. <laughs> <laughs> and he was watching me. So he, <laughs> he bought me a $15 deck of guitar. And a, I remember the album was B.B. King, L.A. Midnight with Taj Mahal oh, and all those guys. And he goes, here's an album and a guitar. It took me about a year to figure that out. And then, and I was playing in a band with my older brother, Jim. And I played my first gig right up this, oh, about a block over. When, oh, I was, really? when I was 16 at the old Boy Scout Hall here. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's cool. When I was about 16, we got paid and we got fed and all that stuff. And I thought, yeah, this ain't bad. Yeah. yeah. So maybe <laughs> I'll take this up. My first gig ever was with my brother our band we had a five-piece band which were just kids and my dad called from Gallup New Mexico and we lived in Texas and he calls and he says oh I've got you guys a gig you know we're like all right and so they paid us sixty dollars for a week for five people <laughs> and we went and we just we just thought it was the greatest thing ever. <laughs> and it wasn't. <laughs> hey everyone, just want to take a quick break to let you know that this episode of the Whamcast is sponsored by our good friends at Monica's Waterfront Bakery. They're located just up the road from us here in Old Town Silverdale. You can find them online at monicascafe.com. So we're gonna move on over here to the the person that gets the prize for the best dressed person Always. in the room. <laughs> Always. So thank the tall, you. Tall man in the back. Pete, talk, <laughs> tell us about your, your background. Uh, my background, well, I, I was um, raised in Los Angeles. Uh, studied music in high school and college. And I've uh, been playing ever since, I suppose. Hmm. Uh, studied classical bass. Don't play it very much anymore. My biggest influences are have always been singers. I love singing. I think it's the first where music came from, and it's where it will always come from. And yeah. I tell Tammy she's my favorite singer since Ella died, mm-hmm. and it's and it's really true. So it's it's really my joy to be playing with her on a regular basis. Yeah. 
He wants a raise. (laughs) (laughs) No, she was talking about being untrained, and and I remembered um, a story from a rehearsal um, maybe a year or so ago when uh, we, we stopped in the middle of a tune, and Tammy said, was my intonation right in that section? And Al and I looked at each other and said, your intonation has never been wrong. It, it's literally without uh, without error. Yeah. <laughs> so she's a, she's a real natural singer, whether she's had a lesson or not. Mm. And so that's what that's what really my pleasure is in playing in this band. Nice. Yeah. Cool. So um, trained as a classical bassist, and obviously playing stand up as well. And like you do, obviously you do jazz and everything. And well, you'd think that'd be obvious, but I, I'm not a, a big jazz player. All oh, right, I, cool. I, I, I fake fake it at jazz. Oh, that's fine. That's what I did too. So. <laughs> Most jazz players fake it. Don't, don't <laughs> I, I had I had to play stand up with uh, secrets out for our. We had a little combo for students, our vocal students, doing a jazz night. So I had to play stand up and. And, be, and I wanted to play on a regular, you know, with frets. I wanted to play with frets. And, and my dad, he's like, well, the bass looks so cool. So I had to play <laughs> yeah. a stand-up. So basically, I just just slide around till the note sounds right. But, yeah. So See, I, that's uh, the other trick. You got to look cool. See, yeah. You yeah. knew that. Get to look good. Yeah. Right. You get some dark glasses and you're halfway there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm a bit shorter than you, so I was reaching pretty high up there to get those top notes. But, yeah. Cool. What are you guys going to play first? Um, do we we want to do a... We, we, we purposely chose songs that were deep in content because... Um, I think as artists and being a part of the community, um, I think that people in trouble emotionally mm-hmm. and, you know, sometimes spiritually and and just the blues in themselves, I think people gravitate towards musicians. And I think when they're having low times, they gravitate towards people that write kind of deep things. And so I think because of things that are happening, we talked about things that are happening socially that we would pick a couple of things that really had some depth to them. Yeah. So uh, do we want to start out with your song? We chose one from each of our albums. Oh. And uh, do we want to start with uh, World oh. of No Dreams or Slow Suicide? Your choice. Okay. I know it's heavy, huh? <laughs> <laughs> really? I always make sure that people know that when you hire us for gigs, you know, we don't we don't go this deep all the time because people <laughs> yeah. would just be a, a mess. They need medication when they were done, so... <laughs> <laughs> now, do you guys play at Swim Deck a lot? Thursday night, every okay. Thursday for all right. three oh, really? years. Because mm-hmm. I uh, when Seven they were because I live in Port Orchard, oh, yeah. so when when they were located on Bay Street, like right yes. in town, I used mm-hmm. to see your guys' name all the time. Yeah. But then my bad memory, I was like, should I mention that? But yes, yeah, so. no, for over three years, seven to nine. I have to say, I think we have the sweetest, sweetest audience that they just come and they just let us be silly and love on them and get serious and be ridiculously nutty sometimes. And they sing along and it's a really nice night. We have a lot of fun on Thursdays. We've made a lot of good fans and friends. They were singing like crazy last night. They were night. all over it last night, yeah. The original we tunes. The original just, tunes? Yeah, yeah. yeah. they know awesome. all That's awesome. fabulous. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a real therapeutic thing on Thursday night. It's almost like a rehab thing for those guys. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> they get all their, uh, 
Yeah. You know, whatever's going on in their lives, they can, there's a song that sums it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, that's cool. So you like their new, their new location. Yeah. 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 We, <laughs> me and my wife were like, oh, we're, let's go to Swim Deck. And then they, they moved. It was a bikini <laughs> yeah. store. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then yeah. nothing, and then nothing like they were still working on their new space. So I was like, right. okay, well, I guess not. And then we just never made it out, but I'll need to make it out for one of you. Yeah. It's shows, unique. So. It's a unique experience. I think, I think he's done a good job. Like he says, it's, it's a, uh, you know, come prepared to um, enjoy the experience and don't don't get yourself in a rush because it's not that kind of an atmosphere. So, before we get set up, um, uh, how can people find your music? And you know, well, we both have a website. I am at tamfrost.com. That's www.tamfrost.com, and then that'll give you links to the other. Okay. Areas and Al is are you AlanAlto.com? Al Alto. Sorry, I should know that. So. <laughs> I just see him all the time. So <laughs> Al Alto or Alan? Al. Al. AlAlto.com. AlAlto.com. All right. Yeah. Cool. And so, like, when you guys are playing out, people can find where you're playing there. Under okay. The perfect. events calendar. Yeah, we're starting oh, to pick yeah. up. We're getting into that mm-hmm. season of you know gigs are starting to. Spread. I think I'm in the phone book too. Yeah. All right. There's a phone book. There's a phone There's book. A, <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> I think I've got one keeping one of my chairs from being wobbly. Yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> Makes a great classical guitar footstool. <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> cool. Well, we'll finish getting you guys set up and hear some music. <laughs> It's so hard to find your way In a world Full of doubt And it seems There's no
Seattle at the China Palace and I pulled up in front of the building and there was a guy playing a guitar there in front of the dumpster and I noticed he had a couple missing strings on his guitar and so I stopped I had some in my bag I pulled out gave him a few strings and always interested in these people's stories how they got to that to the, in that position you know mm -hmm where he's out playing in front of the dumpster. and Anyways, he was a pretty good player, and I kind of got to know him a little bit and gave him a few strings. And he asked me where I was playing, and I pointed up the stairs to the China Palace there on Lake Union. He goes, wow, you're playing inside. 
Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. He goes, you know. So then I got to thinking about all the refugees and all those people and uh, that, you know, myth, uh, displaced from war or whatever. And gave me the idea for that song. That's heavy stuff. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's a, yeah, life is heavy. Yeah. Life's and we heavy. as musicians and songwriters are kind of here to tell the... Exactly. We're representing people that yep. really can't represent themselves. Right. Yep, absolutely. Go where it takes you. You'll only turn a light I know you'll just deny Your slow suicide The only way to kill the pain inside Is your slow
Suicide was a, really a personal song for me. Um, like so many people um, have family members fighting addiction, and mm-hmm. I found myself in the same boat with a, um, one of my children um, about 14 years ago. And, uh, you know, he, uh, my, I'll just say this that this person, just for his anonymity, I want to, you know, not mm-hmm. disclose exactly who it is, but that he is sober now and clean and doing really well. But That's during good. that decade, um, Boy, I tell you, that was that slow suicide was really my view of what I was experiencing and watching, and um, and uh, it took me six years to write that song, only because I never knew what the end was going to be. So I never had the chorus. I'd written both the verses, and then the chorus just lay. And I finally finished yeah. it after viewing this this uh, person walking across the parking lot towards me, and thought, "Wow, it's just like." suicide and then of course my songwriting brain went, yep. ding 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 yep. there's your you know and uh and so I just I think that for me it's just really important that um I'm able to express that I understand what that feels like and yeah. that's very much what it feels like and um and you know I feel very blessed to have made it through that experience and and uh I think just being able just having people be able to relate to me in that way that you know we're all suffering some mm-hmm. war within ourselves because even though it wasn't my addiction it sure felt like my war too and so yeah. uh, you know and I the only thing I knew to do was write about it there was nothing else I really came down to there was really nothing more that I could do but just um, you know write about it yeah and, and uh, you know it's an emotional song but never wanted to write the song who wants to write that mm-hmm. but yeah. it ended up you know after having a family member who there was kind of the first wave of the young people that went through this mm-hmm. that that were really in the war yeah right now and it was so relative al said that it's so relative your song is so relative to the times that it's important that we when it's right we'll do these songs we don't do these songs when they, when it isn't the right audience, but if we have the right audience that really wants us to go deep, mm-hmm. we certainly yeah. can and will for them. So, yeah, yeah, that's that's great. That's, yeah, um, it's just you know, it's 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 hard when you're seeing someone go through something like that, and to an extent, you know, there are you know, there's only so much you can do, and then it's all on it's the rest is on their end, you know. I so. Agree. The it's most uh, helpless, I think that yeah. I always tell other people who have, who have families, they reach out to me a lot. And a lot of it is because of that song, because they mm-hmm. connect with, wow, you know. Um, and I wrote a whole album of heart, Heartbreak. I won't even sell it to people sometimes when they're not well yeah. enough because it's just so deep. <laughs> yeah. I'll go, you're not ready for this. Yeah. <laughs> this is really deep, you know. Yeah. But when you, you know, and... and uh, you got to have a psyche valve before you, you buy have to, your CD. Yeah, you do. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> really. Sign a waiver. You sign, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, um... Mine's a little heavy, too. Like yeah, that. it is. We but Yeah, we have to... But, but we're not, like, live. We're not like that at all. Just, yeah. You know, but we, you know, I mean, music is both those things. It's yodeling and... You know, yeah. it's all Ethel Merman and, and, and really deep. It's everything. That's yeah. the beauty of it. We want to hear your Ethel Merman. There's no <laughs> business I show, business I know, business <laughs> I know. Oh, man. I honed that skill at about age four. 
Now, true Ethel Merman fans are going to say, you know, we didn't hear the microphone distort, so it yeah. can't really be her. <laughs> yeah. 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 yeah, all over, all over driving. Back in the day. <laughs> yes, I think if I were going to do a tribute band, it would only be an Ethel Merman <laughs> tribute band, just because it would be so crazy. Yeah, that would be crazy that'd, stuff that'd right there. Amazing. Oh, now it's out there. Probably dozens of them. Yeah. Yeah, really. The seed has been planted. <laughs> you missed you missed your chance. Yeah. I'm gonna cut I'm gonna cut been that me. to the very start of the podcast with no context. It'll just start with that and everybody will be so funny. actually our our fans will totally get it. Really? Oh like, yeah. Because Al wrote a song and we put that in. We I sing like Ethel over one of his lines, so, <laughs> and I was like, oh, I get to do my Ethel Merman harmony, you know. Oh, that's great. Yeah. People wait that's all great. night for that. Yeah, they do. They love it. Yeah. Especially, the, especially the people that know who Ethel Merman is. The other ones have no clue. They have no have clue. to be educated, but. Yeah. Yeah. That's on my light song. <laughs> we could do that part of the song. <laughs> It's an old time field just like the good old days When everything was real And if you took a girl out on a date A kiss was a big deal I left out all the killing and the drinking And that person who's been gone so long it's a light song ain't nothing heavy everybody can sing along <laughs> that's the Ethel Murray. That would be the, the true depiction of the, the Tammy Frost trail, though. That's about how silly we are <laughs> off and on throughout the night. That's, clo yeah. that's closer to reality, no doubt about it. It'll be interesting Ooh. to hear how that comes through with these other microphones. Yeah, like well, that. yeah. <clears throat> It'll be nice. Pretty great. Kind of impromptu. The bass will be fine. It's in front of that mic. Yeah. That mic picks everything up. Super. <laughs> Overpower everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Well, yeah, thanks oh, yeah, a lot. thank you. Wonderful. Uh, thank you so much. It was a lot of fun for good, us. Good, good. Yeah. I only had fun once in my life, and this was it. <laughs> <laughs> we'll put that at the end. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's wonderful. Oh,